Welcome to Wisdom Inspired, a podcast designed to help high achievers to eliminate burnout and overwhelm. Now let's prepare to open our hearts, our minds, and our notebooks to receive today's wisdom. It's titled, Bring the Old to a Close. Bring the Old to a Close. So I'm going to give you a little backdrop um, on the scripture that I'm going to be coming from today. I'm coming out of the book of Leviticus today. Yeah. If you haven't read it, you need to go read it. But anyway, I'm coming from Leviticus today. And the point um, on Leviticus, it's an extension of Exodus, right? The book of Exodus is where Moses gave a lot of the instructions concerning who God was, who Yahweh was, what his laws and his judgments and his statutes were, right, and which he wanted the children of Israel to live by. And Leviticus continues that, but it goes to basically the heart of his laws and his judgments. Leviticus really gets to the core part of the why, right, of why you're doing this, why why God is asking or laying out these laws and these judgments. So it, it really is a good book to read. I had never read it before and not finished, but yeah. So anyway... Understanding that, he reveals to them, you know, going to them and understanding who God is and that he's a holy God and answering those questions that sometimes they wondered or we may wonder still, how is it that a holy God and unholy people can be in the same space together? And he goes into real good extents in this, in this book on things of how to live, right? Um, and some people can say because it's the Old Testament, it doesn't apply. It doesn't apply to us being saved, right, because salvation is by grace, but it does give us the blueprint for how to live in the middle, right? It gives us the blueprint for how to live between God's hand of delivering us and bringing us into the fold and planting us into his kingdom than to when we get to be in his heart, where we get to reside with him. So, um Understanding that backdrop, right? Understanding that the we get excited about a lot of the biblical stories of when Moses delivered, you know, went and set the people free and brought them, but a lot of the real work took place once they were free, once they were in the wilderness, right? Of when his work and the excitement of that whole journey really began. So really understanding that even in our own lives. It's not the big milestones that we achieve, right? We, you know, we celebrate those, and there's nothing wrong with that. But sometimes we can get caught up on that to where we hold on to it, and that thing becomes stale, right? It's like old fruit, right? It has gotten so ripe because if it's a milestone that you've experienced, then it's just like fruit being produced. It has been ripened, right? It's ready for the harvest. It's ready for you to take it in. And the harvest is to be stored, right, for you to eat upon, but it's not for you to hold on forever. And a lot of times we will hold on to old fruit, right? We hold on to old things, and we expect God to just do it the same way he did it before. And this continues to build on previous episodes where we were really taking a journey in the pause and in this season, um, 
you know, the fall and the winter season, and we know the fall season is really, you know, traditionally heard of the harvest, and I'm going to go further into that this week. All of this is going to kind of build on that, but the whole purpose was to really get us to understand with the pause that there are things that God brings to a close when we're in this pause. And that's because things have ripened and they are old and we've stored them up and they've served their purpose for that time. But here in Leviticus chapter 26, that chapter really opens up and my Bible titles it The Promise of Blessing and Retribution. But as I was constantly reading, I'm not saying that the person who wrote the Bible is wrong or who put this particular Bible together is off suit. I just think it goes a little deeper as I was reading it. So for me, I opened up in chapter 26, and it starts off telling them things that they shall not do, right? And when it gets to verse 9 and 10, he really gives them some insight into how he's going to be showing up in their lives at that time. But there's a crucial transition that takes place in verse 10, and I believe sometimes I know that I may have been guilty of it, that we can get so caught up in all the promises that God gives us that we miss that little window of transition that he's going to tell us. So I want to read to you. I'm going to read from the Amplified because I wrote it out. But you can also read it in um, the New King James Version. I'm going to read the New King James first, because I want you to see these specific words, and then I'll give you the Amplified, because the Amplified kind of amplifies it more, right? All right, so verse 9, it says, this is chapter 26 of Leviticus, verse 9. It says, for I will look on you favorably and make you fruitful, multiply you, and confirm my covenant with you. You shall eat the old harvest. And clear out the old because of the new. I'm going to stop there, but it, I'm going to pick up also and go into verses 11 um, because they, they build on this point. But right here, I want us to see there are some really key words. Fruitful, multiply, you, confirm. And he tells them an instruction. You shall eat the old harvest and clear out the old because of the new. This is very, very important because in verse 11, he's going to tell them why the old has to be cleared out. Verse 11 says, I will set my tabernacle among you and my soul shall not abhor you. I will walk among you and be your God and you shall be my people. Right? So let's look at this in the Amplified. It says, Verse 9, for I will be leaning toward you with favor and regard for you, rendering you fruitful, multiplying you, and establishing and ratifying my covenant with you. And you shall eat the abundant old store of produce long kept and clear out the old to make room for the new. I will set my dwelling in and among you, and my soul shall not despise or reject or separate itself from you. And I will walk in and with and among you, and will be your God, and you shall be my people. 
Now we see right here that lots of times, as I said a few minutes ago, we can get so caught up in the abundant description of what God says he's going to be doing for us. He says, I will be leaning towards you in favor. And I will be rendering you fruitful. I will be multiplying you and establishing and ratifying my covenant. Like it's going to be so much uh, success, right, and prosperity going on in your life. Things are going to be coming to fruition, milestones you're going to be reaching, things your heart is going to be full, right? You're going to be in this place of upward mobility. But he gives clear instructions right there. He says, you have to eat the old harvest, and you got to eat it to clear it out because I'm coming in with a new thing. I don't need you holding on to the old produce that's been stored up, those old successes, those old things, those old milestones, those old accomplishments, and holding on to them for dear life because if you hold on to it, what misses is we can't make room for him. Because, see, he's telling them, I can't dwell with old stuff, right? He's saying, yep, I blessed you. I caused you to multiply. I caused you to, to fulfill and accomplish those things. But you got to bring that old to a close if I'm going to dwell with you, if I'm going to walk among you, if I'm going to be with you, if I'm going to not only walk in and with and among you. Do you see the difference there? He's not just saying, I'm going to be upon you or my hand's going to be there. He's like, I'm going to be right there. I'm going to be right in the middle of it all with you, doing everything with you. This past week, one of our members, we've been talking about some different things, you know, uh, in, in, in relations to other social justice issues and movements. But there was these phrases that just rose up as I was reading this over the weekend about an ally an accomplice, and a co-conspirator. Verse 12 in the Amplified really hit home for me because it was God telling me he about to be a co-conspirator in my life. He said, I'm going to walk in, I'm going to walk with, and among you. I ain't going to be outside the gate. I'm not going to just be the person that knows a little bit about you. I'm not just going to be the person who delivered you into the wilderness and brought you from out of slavery. He said, I'm going to be your God. I'm a, I'm a co-conspirator with this life you walk in and living here in the middle. As you go through this process and this transition from knowing what I'm able to do with my hand, that's how you knew that I could multiply you and I could make you fruitful because that's the hand of God moving in your life. But he said, I got to get you to where you know my heart. You got to come in and be a co-conspirator with me. You got to buy into my way of doing things. You got to buy into my desire and my purpose for humanity. And when you get in a, being a co-conspirator with God, do you know that means you can't lose? You can't never fail. We got to be ready for the new thing because it means a new thing just to know God, just to read the word and just to go to church and just to Christianize up a certain things or use the right word in our descriptions, but when you get to say that I'm a co-conspirator with him, that means I buy in. If he died, I'm dying with him. If you're going to tase him, you're going to tase me too. If you're going to take me out, if God got to go, I got to go. If he can't be there, I can't be there. That means I become completely intertwined with him. And then on the other side, if he's victorious, that means I'm victorious. Everywhere I step, I win. Everywhere I go, he's with me, not only because he's made the way, but he said it. He says, because I will walk in with and among you. But this only happens 
when you bring the old to a close. He tells them in verse 10, he says, you shall eat the old harvest and clear out the old because of the new. We can't miss that point of transition. See, because you think it's just saying you shall eat the old harvest, right? You're going to eat all of the produce, all of the things that you stored out, but we will miss that part right there because he gave clear instructions that said clear out the old to make room for the new. And he continues, and I'm going to jump down to verse 14, and he says, after he's told them all of this, because in verse 13, he reminds them that I am the Lord. This is my will. I can do all of this because I'm God, right? I'm the God that brought you out of Egypt. But he gets to 14, and there is a key point right here that really shows that that is a commandment to clear out the old. He says, but if you do not obey me, and do not observe these commandments. And if you despise my statutes, or if your soul abhors my judgments, so that you do not perform all my commandments, but break my covenant, verse 16, and I'm going to just stop with the first half of it, says, I also will do this to you. So right there is this big Warning sign. I told you from verse 1 of uh, chapter 26 how good you're going to be, how you're going to rid the land of evil beasts. I'm going to multiply you. You're going to have peace in the land. I done told you all these things, and I done told you that as you go through these old these lands, you're going to have harvest, things that are going to come to you, and you're going to have them stored up. They're going to be old because they've been there, because I'm going to take what was once in the wicked hands and put in your hands, right? God's telling you this because it's going to feed you for a while. He said, but there's going to come a time when I need you to clear out that old because there's a new thing and a new place and I'm coming to abide with you and I cannot dwell in unholy things. You've got to be able to let go the spoils that you gained. You've got to be willing to let it all go so that I can come and be among you. But if for some reason you decide, because it won't be on him, if you, if we somehow get in our mind that listening to his statutes and doing all that he's commanded or even missing the commandment of clearing out the old, any time we decide that our soul don't want to give way to God's form of judgment or his decisions and commandments, we break the covenant. He don't break it. We break it. He says, I just want you to know I will do this to you. Now, you go read the rest of verse 16, all the way down uh, through the end of chapter 26 and see what he tells them that he's going to do. And then he also comes back and tells them how he will then restore them even after that happens, right? Because God is just that faithful. He's just that long-suffering, and he will stay with us. But what we got to get to a place as he wants to mature us is that there is less Times for our disobedience and walking away, that we don't give in as quickly. We become more able to buy in and believe what his word says, the fullness of his word, not half of it, not thinking that, okay, I'm going to be patient enough to wait on God to do this part, but then what can I do myself? When we get to a clear place where we know there's nothing that we can do on our own, that everything that we need to do has to be accomplished with God's power and his strength, then we've really come into a place of learning how to just settle in 
to the tension that we live in because there's a tension through the growing process. And we'll talk further about that this week, but there's a tension that happens when God starts to grow you from that place where he brought you in and planted you until the place where you flourish, where you get to be that full plant that you are meant to be. There's a tension because as he waters you, there's, the water shoots up through the roots, and y'all got to go study this on plants for yourself, but the water comes up from the bottom to the top, and there's a tension that takes place in order for that to happen. So in order for the things that God has designed to come forth, there's going to be a place of tension. That's why we in the middle, because he says, I'm the beginning and the end, and your job is the middle. So if you're able to learn how to bring things to a close while you're living in the middle, you start to just... Settle in to tolerating that tension a little bit better. You start to get a better uh, ability to just ride the wave with God and let him just lead and guide you and you just saying, I'm in it, God. Whatever you want me to do, I'm here to conspire with your will and your way, and I want to do it only the way that you've called me to do it. I don't want to try my way and see how far I can get. Then I got to come back to it. God, I, I, I want to just keep getting to a place where I release my trying and I just buy into believing and trusting you, right? So I encourage you today, don't miss the transition of where God is telling you to close out the old. Whatever that old thing is, whatever it is he's cleaning out, or whatever things he's bringing to a close in this season, you got to let it come to a close because that's the form of making more room for him and for the things that he wants to do in and through you and among you as you dwell in this marketplace. So I encourage you today, do not, do not fall prey to just wanting the abundance and the things that's been stored up because it's going to spoil. It ain't going to last, right? It's not going to serve you. It's going to eventually lose its ability to feed you. That's why God says he's coming in to do a new thing because you can't sustain that. That will not keep you moving forward. So I encourage you, trust in God's process. Decide today to bring the old to a close. Go ahead and consume it. Go ahead and clear it out, whatever you need to do. And this doesn't necessarily mean uh, new things on the outside only, right, external things. He could be closing out a mindset in you, right? He could be closing out some things that you've believed have been a part of you and you're not really understanding that they've just come through experiences in life and he wants to close out that old way of thinking so that he can bring in a new. Don't limit yourself to just thinking the external because God is an internal God. So if whatever he's doing in you that's internal, I suggest and implore you to focus there first, and then he'll let you know how, that's, how that has formed itself in an external appearance in your life, okay? So thank you for joining us here on Wisdom Inspired today. I hope today's wisdom has inspired you, and we will meet you back on the line tomorrow morning at the same time. You guys have a great and wonderful day. I hope you enjoyed the episode of Wisdom Inspired that was brought to you by the AAC Coworking Community, a virtual community designed to support female entrepreneurs, business owners, and freelance professionals. For more, go to wisdominspired.net.